welcome. Especially for those of you who are with us for the first time, welcome. Hope you have a really rich time with us today. Well, it is Easter Sunday, one of several crazy days that Christians celebrate during the year. Christmas is a day that we celebrate God somehow becoming one of us. Good Friday is a day that we remember that that God died on a Roman cross for our sake. And at Easter, we celebrate that God, Jesus, being resurrected from death. And we celebrate his resurrection, not as the only resurrection, but as the first resurrection, because God promises that those who are one with Christ will be resurrected too, just like he was on the day that he returns. Easter is for remembering that Jesus is a resurrection trailblazer that we follow. That Jesus is a first fruit of a huge harvest of new creation. That he's the firstborn of many children born through resurrection. One more thing, Easter isn't just a day, it's a season too. We just finished a season of Lent and now we begin a season of Easter that takes us to almost the end of May. Easter and Lent are sort of mirror images of each other. Lent is about fasting. Easter is about feasting. Lent is about dying to old things. Easter is about coming alive to new things. Lent is about putting away greed and envy and lust. Easter is about taking up the desires and passions of Christ. With that in mind, I've asked our worship leaders today a little fill-in-the-blank question to fill in the blanks for this. For me, a life in Christ has meant putting away blank and taking up blank. And maybe you can think of how you'd fill in the blanks too, either with what you've experienced or with what you hope to. Let's enjoy a sense of wonder, of hope, of profound gratefulness as we listen to them and as we consider that same question ourselves. And then as we listen to these words of Psalm 116, a psalm that's a prayer of Jesus in his death and resurrection, let's continue that sense of wonder, gratefulness, and hope. A life in Christ has meant putting away judgment and taking up mercy. Amen. For me, a life in Christ has meant putting away fear of man and taking up the fear of God. A life in Christ has meant putting away anxiety and taking up the peace of Christ. Life in Christ has meant putting away anger and taking up humility and patience. For me, a life in Christ has meant putting away my goals and taking up God's agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's pray together with that thought, with those thoughts. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you that we get to come and be in wonder of your love for us and your grace towards us as much as we can although we are um, apart lord gather our hearts this morning so that we can worship you we do want to take off our old self and put on more of your life for us so even today as we gather and worship lord remind us of the new life that we have in you and allow our hearts to overflow with great joy and hope. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is Psalm 116, Christ's Psalm, a song of death and resurrection. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. 
Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Oh. 
Let us take a moment to pray in the wonder that we've just expressed through song. God, we wonder at your resurrection. We wonder at the scope of your power. We wonder at the breadth of your healing. We wonder at the depth of your love for your son and for this world and all you have created. We wonder with only a limited grasp of how gracious you are. We take in your compassion, sending Jesus to live with us and to heal and teach and die and then to rise. We take in your generosity, promising us that we can die to our old life that did not have you and live a new life with you. We pray with wonder and with hope. Yes, Lord. God, your resurrection of Jesus gives us hope for all our lives. Your resurrection makes us feel hope for all the pain and evil of this world to be healed and removed. Your resurrection makes us feel hope for all our suffering in this world to have meaning and to have res resolution. It makes us have real and tangible hope for redemption and change for the Asian American community as it watches their elderly be attacked and not defended for the black community as it watches the trial of a police officer and for many minority communities in this country that carry an outsized burden of COVID effects and illness and job loss and kids education. God of resurrection, we pray to you with wonder and hope. God, your resurrection gives us hope for the whole world. Mm -hmm. It gives us hope that you will bring your righteous judgment and ultimately your healing and vindication for people in Ethiopia and Myanmar and other places with civil war. Mm -hmm. It gives us hope that you see all suffering and death and that death is not the end to you. You give us hope in your righteousness and compassion even though we can't know or comprehend how you will judge and save and heal. Mm -hmm. God, as we remember Jesus' resurrection and pray, you fill us with wonder and hope. God, God, your resurrection gives us hope beyond death for all of us who have died and will die before Jesus' return. We believe that we will see him coming in the clouds. And we say mm -hmm. hallelujah just thinking about it. We believe that he will come and recreate all things and resurrect all of us, dead or alive, into bodies like his. And we believe that his resurrection was just the first fruit of a whole new creation. We believe that Jesus is just the firstborn of many children born through resurrection. God, you fill us with a wonder and hope. Amen. God, with wonder and hope. We feel you making us steadfast. We feel your encouragement to give ourselves to you. Lord, we want to give ourselves to you, to your power and to your purposes. We know that our labor in you is not in vain. We pray and live with the wonder and hope of Easter through Jesus' death and life and resurrection. We pray together to you. Amen. Take a moment to continue in prayer. Perhaps you can just remain in, in silence or lift up a prayer of adoration or intercession. Um, whatever that's on your heart, just let's take about 30 seconds or so to continue to lift up our hearts to the Lord at this time. Heavenly Father, with all that's going on, both externally, but also internally, today we come to you with wonder and hope in the resurrection that you've accomplished for us. So we thank, we give you thanks, and we give you praise in this name.
Throughout church history, uh, Christians have greeted each other on Easter with a simple acclamation. It goes like this. One person will say, Christ is risen. And the other will respond, he is risen indeed. So for today's passing of the peace, why don't we pass the peace of Christ to each other by saying this acclamation with the people next to you or in the chat. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Well, it's uh, so good to be here with you today. Um, I guess I have, to be honest, I guess I have mixed emotions. So thankful that we get to uh, worship and celebrate together uh, online. But I, I, I do miss um, just being physically with um, our church family and, and others so that physically together we can worship. But still very thankful that we could do this. Thanks so much for joining us today. And especially if you're visiting us um, today for the first time or you're even, even a recent comer, we're so thankful that you're here. Uh, please do let us know you visited. Uh, email us. Uh, we would love to greet you more personally and invite you into our church community community through different, different means. Just want to highlight a few things that are happening uh, in our church community. Um, we have baptism coming up on May 23rd. Um, this is really the, the apex of our uh, church calendar. We, we look forward to um, the baptism service. We've had several in the past, uh, which were just powerful and encouraging to our whole church community. And so if you've been walking with Christ or if you, but you haven't been, been baptized or you've been thinking about it, but you've been putting it off or you've just recently uh, began to trust in Christ, um, we would love to see you get baptized. We feel like this is the, the main symbol of our faith. Um, if you want to do that, please do register. We do have classes prepared where we walk you through the meaning of baptism and and just try to prepare you at best as best as we can so that the baptism itself will be a, a meaningful event for you and for our church community so uh look for more information online uh, on our webpage and do register if you have any more questions you can email pastor carl park directly and he would love to connect with you um Number two, uh, we have something called Liminal Space um, that's coming up. And this is hosted by our Board of Women. Uh, they um, decided to have some space and time for uh, fellowship, counsel, prayer, encouragement with other women. And so if you if you like to, both in whether in person or online, if you'd like to just connect with some of our women leaders at our church and just just share and, and receive encouragement. Um, go online and, and find out more about that. It's happening every Sunday afternoons, uh, beginning next Sunday till uh, May 2nd. Um, I think, you know, if you're like me, I, I'm ready to connect with others and just receive encouragement and share what I've been going through. So please do take advantage of um, this, this offering. Um, lastly, uh, as you know, starting today, actually, some of our kids, along with their uh, parents, are worshiping outdoors. And so uh, some have requested whether we could um, put our Sunday service, not just uh, visually on YouTube, but audibly um, uh, on our po podcast. So we will have our Sunday worship service, just the audio version of that, uh, in GCCC podcast. So hopefully that'll be another way for you to connect with our church community. All right. Um, if you have your Bibles with you or devices, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, those of you who've been following the weekly devotionals or the, the devotionals that we just went through this past week with um, uh, during our Passion Week, we've gone through different passages in the Gospel of Matthew. So we thought it would be appropriate for us to kind of end our time looking at the gospel, uh, Matthew's account of the resurrection. So, and that happens in, 
in Matthew chapter 28. So uh, if you could turn to that section, um, I am going to, let me just read from verse 1, and we'll read till uh, verse uh, 15. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like great, uh, dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And he came up and, and, and took hold of, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. When they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. Amen. This is God's word. We'll pause there. Um, again, this is the, the account of Jesus' resurrection according to the Gospel of Mark, uh, Gospel of Matthew, excuse me. So imagine if you are uh, a first century Jew and you hear two conflicting stories, right? One is being told by Jesus' disciples. And their story is Jesus has risen from the dead. And and they're, they're spreading the story. And the other account comes from the religious leaders. And their story is, no, his disciples actually came and stole the body. Now, if you are living in, in that first century, um, I mean, what's more believable story? It's, I mean, I, obviously, it's the story about Jesus' body being stolen by his disciples. It just makes more sense. It's more reasonable. But, but the amazing thing is, it's the resurrected account, resurrected story that gets, that gets told and it spreads and more people begin to believe and they become followers of this risen Messiah. I mean, how, like, like what, would, what would make people uh, believe in this story? What, what made the resurrected account plausible for the first century Jews and, and even the Gentiles? I think when we look at this passage, I think there are two things that um, that cause the first century Jews to, to believe. I just want to highlight these two things briefly. One, there were eyewitnesses. We're told in the Gospel of Matthew that Mary and the other Mary or women first got there and they saw the risen Jesus. And then Jesus appeared to the 11 other disciples in Galilee. When you read uh, the first, first Corinthians chapter 15, the apostle Paul talks about how Jesus appeared to 500 brothers at once. So what, I mean, what we can gather is there were people who actually saw the risen Jesus. Um, and, and that's significant. As an example, um, well, this past week, my uh, my I had my garage door um, it it stopped working. Uh, my son and I were about to go out, get into the car, push the button, and it only opened about about six inches. And we tried several times, and it it just stopped working. And so I got kind of upset, and 
And I was like, what happened here? And so I began to talk to all of my um, like family member. I talked to my wife, my daughter, my son. We had a few people visit us this week. So we I, I spoke to them and like a lot of them, like a lot of them knew exactly what happened. And I I could not figure out why it stopped working. Well, after a few days, I, I realized I think it's called the tor- uh, torsion spring. Um, it, it snapped. And so I don't know if it was anyone's fault, but like no one really saw what happened, which was a little bit hard to believe. But I went around and interviewed everyone that that I thought might know what happened. Um, I, I share that story because in the in the first century uh, culture, the way anyone validated any story to be factual was actually they went and interviewed people. And so if you are living in that setting and you heard these two stories, you know what you would have done? You actually would have you've gone to people who actually saw the reason Jesus and you would have interviewed them. You would have said, you would have questioned them about the validity of what they saw. And, and you would have done that with multiple people. I mean, that's how you actually gathered facts and information. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what, that's what took place. People actually, I mean, they didn't easily believe. They actually went and spoke with people who claimed to have seen the risen Jesus. But the interesting thing about all the four accounts of the gospel is that the first initial witnesses are all women, right? Even here in Matthew's account, it says it was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who went and saw Jesus first. Now, this is strange because in the first century um, ancient times, women's, unfortunately, women's testimonies were not allowed in the court of law. And so if these disciples really wanted to fabricate a story that that got other people to buy into what they were like spreading, like this would not have been the way that they would have recorded the accounts. It would have been Jesus rose from the dead and he appeared to Peter, James and John and other disciples. But that's not what we have. We don't have that. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all say it. the women who saw the risen Jesus first. I mean, why would the Gospel writers uh, write the story in this way? It just doesn't make sense unless it really happened in that way. Unless Jesus actually rose and he showed himself first to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary who was, according to Gospel of Matthew, who was there first. So how did this news about the resurrection spread? Well, it spread because there were eyewitnesses. People actually saw the risen Jesus. And the other thing that, that I think we see in the Gospels pretty clearly is that people actually changed. Um, you look at the 12 disciples, uh, you look at um, when you continue with the story, it, it talks about how Jesus appears to them and some worshiped him, but some still doubted. And when you look at the Gospels and when you look at Jesus' disciples' life, um, you know, when Jesus was crucified, you know, they, they were, I mean, they were terrified. They, they ran away. They scattered. They hid. They were afraid. Um but soon after the resurrection account, like they become fearless, they become bold. And the traditions tell us that almost all the disciples, uh, perhaps apart from the apostle John, they all died risking their life, um, spreading the gospel. So how do you explain the disciples going from being cowards and being afraid to becoming someone who is bold, preaching the gospel, risking their life. I mean, they were beheaded. Some were burnt alive, crucified. Um, how do you explain that? Very few people were, no, I don't think anyone would die for a lie. And very few people would die for a truth. 
But every single disciple risked their life because of the resurrection, because of their faith, because they believed and proclaimed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But how do you explain that? Every single one, and when you look at the book of Acts, you have more disciples being persecuted, more disciples risking their lives for the gospel. And then the church history uh, tells us that more and more people continue to do this. Now, how do you explain all the changed lives that we have in scripture as well as in, in church history? I mean, you really, you really can't. It's hard to explain every everyone who risked so much because of the resurrection, unless they really saw the risen Jesus and they believed in him and, and they risked their lives because of him. So let's kind of come back to our question. Do you believe in the resurrection account? Um, do, you, do you believe in the resurrection account? Or, I mean, is, is it something that that's sort of in the back of your mind, but I mean, you don't perhaps really believe. There are enough, um, I think, reasonable uh, things that we can hold on to where we can truly believe that Jesus did rise from the dead. Now, maybe a more important question for a more relevant question for most of us is uh, the question about not only, not do we believe the resurrection, but are we living out the resurrection? Is resurrection just something that we believe that's in distance but doesn't really have an impact in our lives today? Or, or do we are we living the resurrection out? And how does that look like? Just want to share two things um, this morning from this passage. What does someone who is living out the resurrection, what, how does their life look like? And I just want to uh, mention two things. One, um, Simply, we tell others about the hope that we have because of the resurrection. You know, when you look at the, uh, the accounts, it's, it's interesting because the, angels, the angel shows up and uh, he tells Mary, um, you know, do not be afraid. And then he says, go quickly, uh, tell, tell the other disciples, right? And, and then Mary meets Jesus, and Jesus says the same thing. Do not be afraid. Greetings. Do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid. Go quickly and tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. Like, you know, think about it. Mary just saw the risen Jesus, and she falls down, and she holds on to him, and she begins to worship him. Um, you know, Jesus, Jesus doesn't say, Mary, it's, it's great that you are worshiping me because I've risen you know, why don't you take some time to do that here and now? You know, it's not what Jesus says. He says, go, go quickly, go tell others about me, especially my brothers. Make sure that they know, go do this quickly. There's a sense of urgency. Again, it's repeated a few times by the angels and Jesus. Go, go and share about what you saw and what you heard. Um, the way we live out the resurrection today, I think, it's in a similar way. We go and tell others about the resurrection or tell others about the hope that we have because of the resurrection. You know, I know this season has been a long, rough season um, with COVID. And again, as I've shared in the beginning, um, it's bittersweet for me to be here uh, apart from uh, our church community. Um, like preaching to you through, um, you know, online. And I so much wish we could be together. And the reason why, part of the reason why that's important, I think is because, um, you know, joy and hope, I think it grows when we can share uh, what we know and what we have with others. You know, it's one thing to worship God right now by ourselves, as, as best as we can with 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 as much energy we can muster up, we, we worship Christ, we worship the resurrected Christ. And, and, it's, and that's good. But it's something else to be gathered with other people and worship in a corporate context where we share our joy and we share our hope. I think especially during this season when it feels, everything feels so heavy, it's so important for us to share 
our joy and hope because it's by sharing our joy and hope multiplies and it grows. Part of the reason why I think our Christian lives lack joy is because we haven't, like we, we don't regularly share what we have. It's by giving things away that we get more of joy. And I think that's why here Jesus says, go quickly and tell others about me. Partly because I think it was because of Mary. Because as she's still maybe doubting and there's fear in her mind and in her heart, the way she validates what she saw and, and allow that to multiply, allow joy and hope to multiply in her heart is by sharing with other people. So how does a resurrected life or belief in the resurrected life of Jesus look like for us today? How do we live that out? It's by, it's by sharing with other people. It's by giving it away. And we do this um, intuitively, actually. It's when, when you experience something good, something delightful. What do you do? You usually text your family members, your close friends. You take a picture and say, look where I am or look what I've done. I mean, some of us went on vacations this past week. My guess is you took pictures to share with your friends to say, this is what I saw. Look, look, or experience this joy with me because by doing it, your joy multiplies. I mean, this past week, I, I was able to uh, sell my first item. I sold a bike online. I've never sold anything online. I know I'm behind te technologically, but I actually sold something online, my bike, that, that was just sitting in my garage um, just taking up space. So I said, you know, I, you know, I'm going to try to sell it. And actually someone, you know, texted me and I, I sold it. And you know what I did? I took a picture of the money that I got and I texted to my kids and, and my family. I said, look, I made my first sale. I don't know if they were happy for me or not, but I was happy and I wanted to share that with others. I think they were happy when I said, I'll use this to buy you dinner. But anyway, that, I mean, that's what happens when there's something delightful. When you have something that's delightful, you share that with others because partly it, your, the, the delight and the joy and the pleasure, it multiplies as you share. So um, one sign that we're actually living out the resurrection is are we sharing what we have, what we know with others. And especially, again, as I said, during the season, the way our joy multiplies and our hope becomes more real is when we verbally or in some capacity, we share that with other people. And that's why I think even fellowship is important because it's a way for us to share our joy with one another. It strengthens us and it, it gives us it anchors our hope that we have. And so friends, whether you are doing that online or hopefully slowly you're connecting with others, even outside or you know in person, do that, do that regularly because that's how your hope and joy becomes solidified and, and grows in your life. Second thing, really quickly, second, second way that, that we know that we're actually living out the resurrection is we understand the greatness of our call. Let me just read how this passage ends, or at least how the, the gospel of Matthew ends, the resurrection account. Matthew's been walking us through Passion Week, the crucifixion, now the resurrection. And then this is how it ends, verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What I want to highlight here is um, Jesus calls us to 
you know, we, we talk about this uh, pretty often, make disciples. But what I want to highlight is that there's nothing in this section when Jesus gives this last um, commission, there's nothing in this section that's about like me personally. You know, it's, it's Jesus doesn't say, go and be happy or go and, and do well. No, it's um, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations. Um, I will be with you to the end of the age. I mean, it's there's nothing small about Jesus' call to his disciples. This is a, a, a grand, a great commission. No, in other words, we are part of this greater, grand story that God is writing. We are part of that. There's not, there's very few things that's about like my own life. When you really think about the resurrection, it's, it's God is writing the, the conclusion of this magnificent story. And he's telling us to be part of what he is doing. We are part of God's great story. It's so grand and he invites us in. And that's why, I mean, that, that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about what we're going through today or what we're going through now. But what he's saying is what you're going through now is connected to what I am doing. I am restoring all things. People from every nation, every tribe, every tongue will come and worship me. You are part of that. So as we struggle with our daily tasks or with our job or with our family or with our marriage I mean, as we struggle with these things like know that your struggle is not in vain like your labor for the lord is not in vain it's connected to god's great story and that's what's beautiful about living the living out the resurrection like everything matters and it's connected to something that's much bigger than our life is our life important? Yes, because Jesus died for you and for me. But we are also part of this beautiful grand story. And Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, meaning Invite them into the, into the fellowship of the triune God. God of the universe is inviting you in. And he says, I'm going to be with you always to the end of the age. What does it mean to live out the resurrection? Well, we recognize this beautiful, great call that God has for us. So friends, go as you live, live your life, but know that it's connected to his story. So serve him, love people. Your work is not in vain in the Lord. Everything counts because of the resurrection. All right, let's, um, I'm going to give us, let's, let's stop here and just give us 30 seconds or so. Let's just pray. Let's come. And I know resurrection Jesus' historical resurrection took place, what, 2,000 years ago. But Jesus here promises he will be with us always to the end of the age. He's here now. The resurrected Jesus is here. And he wants to strengthen you and encourage you and lift you up. Fill your, fill your life with joy and hope and wonder. And so let's let's just pause and maybe... You could be in, in silence or um, you can maybe pray uh, something that's on your heart. Um, but let's just pause and do that. And then I will pray for us and then we'll have communion. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for, um, for who you are and how in midst of um, sin and just brokenness that we sense within us, 
that you did not leave us uh, on our own or to figure things out or or to make it um, in this life. But God, you you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins and 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 you raised him up, promising to us that that will be our future, promising us promising to us that that one day we also will be resurrected and so this today we find great hope and and joy and we're in awe and wonder of the resurrection so lord we pray that you would fill us with this um the reality of the resurrection today that as we think about and worship and pray and meditate god that, that our hearts will be filled with all of you and I thank you for the hope and the joy that we have in you and it's in your name we pray amen all right friends we're gonna uh say the lord's prayer together and then we'll take communion um right. i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our friends, uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed, uh, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. the same way, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Drink from it for the forgiveness of your sins. Our friends, let's eat and drink the body and the blood of Christ. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone Messiah still and all alone On the third at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. O trampled death, where is your sting? The angels roll for Christ the King.
be turned in robes of white. Blazing sun shall kiss the night, and I will rise among the saints. My gaze transfixed on Jesus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. sent out. Oh Lord, we today celebrate um, and stand in wonder of what you've done on the cross and through your resurrection. And as we prayed earlier, we like, we often fully don't grasp the, the beauty and the power and the immensity of what you've accomplished. But, Lord, we, we do want to live this out, um, empowered by your spirit. So even today, and especially this week, Lord, help us to go forth with so much joy and hope that we, we get that, that we share with others, both people who are close and far, Lord, and allow us to experience more joy and more, more hope as we share the good news of the resurrection with others. And we do this not to uh, gain an access to you, but we do this knowing that, that all of life matters, that what we do here today now, small and big matters, and you delight in us. And so send us forth now with much joy and much hope. Now may the may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. It was so good to uh, worship with you today. Uh, enjoy rest of the I guess the beautiful weather. And have a great week, and we will see you uh, next Sunday. Take care.